0: Skin to feel radiance, rejuvenation, refreshment, restoration, relief, and recovery, Secret delivers remarkable results for your skin and body. It's health and beauty from the outside in. Providing the highest standards of Dead Sea ingredients, they offer products such as age defying creams, body care, and more. Also, experience a life of Secret community for yourself as an influencer, customer, or agent. It's a community that will inspire you to look, feel, and live your best life. Join the community in order today. BYSECRETE.COM. That's B Y S E A C R E T.COM. So welcome to Transparency Talks Podcast. I am your girl, Butter B. Ratha. We have an amazing show for you guys today. I'm super excited and have been waiting for this interview for a minute now, but I wanna make a few announcements before we bring on our special guest. One, if you have not done so, get my book, Fear of Failure, Fear of Not Trying. It's a great read and you know, during this COVID and everything, a lot of people have formed new businesses and are doing new things. Like there's so many things that you could do right now to be active and everything. So make sure that you cop my book. Also, Defiant Ones Teen Magazine is available. It's a magazine for teens and young adults that not only highlight, you know, the latest artists and different things like that, but they talk about financial literacy. They talk about health and wellness of teens and young adults and other things. I have a new single that is coming out in a music premiere called Strange Love. It drops on February 9th super excited about that but well, with all that being said y'all came to see the lady of the hour miss
1: johnny walker Hi there. i was making sure the ink was dry like you
0: i know that's right i know that's right i am so excited to interview you i have been waiting for the time to turn seven o'clock all day
1: all right okay well let's let's get it
0: cracking as
1: they say (laughs) all right
0: so let me officially introduce you miss johnny walker is the entertainer executive and founder and ceo of the national association of black female executives in music and entertainment that's a mouthful by itself
1: (laughs) yeah there is a very long name but it works so
0: Can well, you tell everybody just a little brief introduction about yourself? Well, uh,
1: I'll give you long story short. I'm a radio, I would say radio personality turned record executive, turned uh, nonprofit uh, operator, so to speak, a nonprofit CEO, turned government appointee. <laughs> it's like a journey that took me from uh, being in country music to black music to recorded music to being in the government to deciding I want to run a non-profit. We're gonna take a pause for the
0: calls. I am your girl Butter B Rocker, the hostess with the mostest on Transparency Talks Podcast, baby. This is Samurai Tie with Ali
2: Christian Louboutin's, It got my bottoms like a lobster, monster, I'm a diga- Beat up like it's pasta. Rollin' down the street, I'm wearing black just like a mobster You don't want no smoke, you get unhealthy, need a doctor Shout out to my homie, he got dreads like a roster Relay me the word and I might bring a couple shots. I be pullin' strings, no guitar, but I'm a rockstar I be on the highway and I'm dodging all the cop cars Writing all my lyrics, I be writing like an author Know my name ain't Luke, but I am a Skywalker Got that number nine, I'm pullin' up like Tony Parker I just like to kick it with your booey playing soccer Shawty bass, she inked up like a marker I be steady cooking in the stew like Betty Crocker Way too many bands, I go to Linux. I'm a shopper I'm just trying to jump up to the top like grasshopper Shawty asked me for that Louie and that Prada She do nothing for me, so I had to give a nod. I'm in the casino in Las Vegas in Nevada I got me a foreign thing, she come from Guatemala Hey. And them bands in my pocket Shorty said she want me when she walked inside my closet hey, We know you faking, homie, stop it Gotta play it smart, I make it back, I make that profit Finish playing soccer, she gon' kick it like a sensei Left the spot on Monday, but she be right back on Wednesday She don't take opinions, she don't care about what her friends say I've been making progress, I've been trying to make some headway Shorty got them curls and she like to use a can too. I just get so lucky, number 12, like I'm Andrew I can't let her try to tired the not, just like a bantu. Always keep it real because I'm never acting brand new. Hey, I'ma light it up just like a candle. I secure the dripping, used to rockin' Nike sandals. Soon they bout to know me and they'll call me by my handle. I'ma need a platinum sitting pretty on my mantle. Always keep that water, you would think I was a camel. And my life's sweet, it can mess up your enamel. Yo, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it, son.
0: That was the youngster Samurai time
1: when I look back over my career, it was, I guess I was that unsatisfied woman. That's a, that's a, <laughs> that sounds like a book. <laughs> it was just one thing. I was always pursuing something else. So, you know, that, that, that's long story short.
0: What got you started in the entertainment
1: business? Uh, what got me started? I wanted to do radio. I'm from Grenada, Mississippi. It's about the, the town's about the size of that office you're in there. <laughs> and <laughs> I, wanting to do radio in a small town like that, I mean, it's, Black. Let's keep it real. Uh, they the opportunities were really slim and none, and but I, that did not quell my desire to want to do what I wanted to do, which was to be in radio. And so there was only one opportunity, and it was a country radio station. I kept going to the station. The guy would always laugh at me. He was just—I I guess I was humorous to him. Like, "Well, you keep coming here, lady. We're not hiring you." And but I kept going. And so uh, one day I stopped by the station because I had a new tape. I thought this tape was perfect and he just started laughing he said you know what go inside and have a seat so that's what i did i went inside had a seat guess what happened he hired me uh so he hired me and what actually happened is he would not let me say anything just think you got to think 70s mississippi (laughs) radio station he just said don't say anything and so for whatever reason uh there was a gentleman that was supposed to uh come in I do middays or something like that. Anyway, he, he he didn't come in and he says, I need you to get on the phone and call somebody so we can replace this guy. He's not going to make it in. So I was calling. He Jim would always say he always believed I never called anybody, but I did. You know, I yeah. did call, but I couldn't find anybody. And I said, I can't find anybody. And so he was like, just play the music. Please don't say anything. And <laughs> yeah, he did. Don't, don't say anything. So he came in a little later. He said, well, you know, you might as well tell people what time it is yeah but you told me not to say anything he said no. tell me what time it is and so I, I came back and I, I say the time and then he says well read the weather <laughs> I'm like you Okay, you, you, told me not to say anything so I, I, I read the weather and he comes back in and he says well you don't sound half bad uh, introduce the record it's I like, introduce the record and really that was my start
0: we're gonna take another pause for the calls. I am your girl Butterbee Rocker Listen, I'm giving you guys an inside sneak peek into my album that I'm working on. I want to see if y'all feeling this song. This is called Get Out.
3: You think that I'm gonna cry over you, but I won't. See, all the things that you put me through made me strong. I can't I gave my all to you for so long. Now you want to sit around here like you ain't done nothing. Boy, you know that you're dead wrong. You think I'm still
0: work from home? Work your own hours? Create your own business? Do you have a vision, an idea? Are you ready to go after your dreams? Learn how to use the virtual world and make your dreams come true. Visit virtualbusinessgrid.com and let virtuality be your road to success.
1: I'm on the country radio station. I was on every day from 10 until 2 because he just liked me and he I was on the country radio station. And so what really got me into the business, I would always go into his office and sit down. And I said, you know, man, this radio station would be on the one if we was playing black music. <laughs> was like, you're right. <laughs> and I would constantly go in and say, well, you know, you can let me play black music for an hour, you know, just one hour. And he was like, and I, I'll never forget. He says, this is not a jukebox. You can't play what you like. got to play what the advertisers will support. Right, You know, and there are no black businesses that will support the kind of program that you want to do. And so I said, well, what about the white businesses that depend on black people to stay in business? What about them? Right. And he said, ain't nobody going to sign a contract for what you want to do. We don't know until we ask. So he told me if I would find three businesses that would advertise on this show I wanted to do on his country radio station, he would consider it. So. I came back with five and they were all fine. Okay, you know, like I always tell people, I wasn't no superwoman. I went to the drugstore and discount shoe store. I went I went where I knew the people that would listen to me were shopping. Right. And those people were willing to advertise. So when I brought him five, he gave me a hundred dollars, told me to go buy some records. Well, I already had the records that I wanted to play. Uh, so, <laughs> so when he, he put me on at, uh, 10 o'clock at night, we'll never forget. This is a true story. He said, I'm going to put you on at 10 o'clock. You can play your precious black music. I'm going to burn the station down. We will have a, a full day of programming. So we're going to have full day of sales and programming. So I'm good. But the funny thing is I came on at 10 o'clock. Yeah, I did get some of the ugly calls. It was all good. I, you know, I didn't care. I was doing what I wanted to do. So those calls didn't right. really bother me. And he came in one day. He said, "Oh, this is doing really well because people were advertising. More and right. more people were advertising." Right. He came and "We need to move this down to eight o'clock." So I started. It was the show was eight o'clock to midnight. Until that day, he came in and said, "We need to move this down to six o'clock." So <laughs> <laughs> I did. The country radio station playing black music from six to midnight for about five years. I did for a very long time. And uh, I just one day I, I wanted to work. At, I wanted to be at an R&B station. I wanted to be around my people. I was the only black person there. Let's put that in there, too. Right. And I wanted to I, I just wanted that experience. I didn't want to stay at a country radio station playing black music at night. I, I just and so I, you know, put my resumes out there and, and air checks and I got a position at a station in Memphis and one of the things that um, Jim would always say, he's I've always done everything you ever asked me to do. Everything. I went against my own spirit. Everything. And now you're going to leave. And I said, but Jim, if I stay, I'm going to be unhappy. Right. I need to at least try. And so what what we worked out, he was saying, if Memphis does not work out, if it does not work out, promise you'll come back here first. And so I said, if it doesn't work out, hey, save my mic, man. Save my mic. I'll be back. Right. I never went back at a station in Memphis and I would really kind of fueled who I am today was we were in a meeting one day and they were talking about, you know, the radio stations, the target and the advertising goals and stuff like that. And everything was females, 18 to 34. And I said, a woman should be, should be programming this. And the guys says, women don't program. What? What do you mean they don't program? <laughs> so I, I, I set a goal that day that I was going to become a program director and uh, when they would always tell me that it's never going to happen because women just simply did not program stations, right. But I'm, I'm very proud to say that at that radio station, I did program it the last two years that I was there. I took it from number 12 to number two. It's just something I'm always very, very proud of. Um, and in that process, um, I actually, back in the day, <laughs> we'd have Facebook. we didn't have all this, all this technology that we have now. So if you wanted to make your move in the, in the music industry, if you wanted people to know who you were or are, right. You had to go to the music conference, right? You you weren't at the music conferences. You were nobody. So I would go to those music conferences just so I could be in the mix. And it just so happens. I was at a conference and, um, ran into, um, um, West party Johnson. I call him my mentor and the guy taught me everything. And uh, he and Russell Simmons were like at we were in Atlantic City in, um, in Atlantic City, New Jersey. That's where the conference was. And they cornered me because I was not playing an LL Cool J record. And the thing is, like I just told you, and I'll take the station from number 12 to number two. We were not playing rap It was right. another person in the market. They were playing rap and they were doing a much better job of it than we were. So I was playing, that's, that was our personality. We're not playing rap. And so, you know, they was hitting me more with all the, the black conversations, the black company, black artists, and you're a black woman and playing black music. You should be playing my black records. Right. <laughs> but I don't like, no. And so we were just going back and forth, back and forth. And of course I did not, uh, Changed my position. I stayed where you know we, we're not playing it. Right. So I came back to Memphis to my station. And on that Monday, they called me and offered me a job. Like, okay, we want you to talk for this, we want you to talk for this company the same way you were talking for that radio station. We want you to stand up for our artists the same way you stand up for that radio station. Right. I didn't really know that much about the record industry, but uh, they was like, Hey, we'll teach you because you'll talk, you'll talk to anybody, so, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I got in the record industry. I want to give
0: a shout out to Blaze One Radio, Soul City to Beat, Glass FM, London's Energy Radio, Rock Dan Radio, yes. Urban Fusion Radio, We Global, hey. baby. What up? This is your girl, Butterby Rocker, introducing hey. to you my baby sis LS Lane with I Am. I
4: Mm-hmm. This shit got the crazy I live. I'm back on the right track. Next time I get stupid, I do it myself. Don't need nobody else. But the mothers and brothers and soldiers the next I'm hoping that I will fail. They afraid of the power, the truth, they know I'ma tell. Nah, nah, nah. i down ain't easy. Wanna take more than that to seize me? I stay in the woman's place from behind.
0: London, South Africa in the building. What up, Nigeria? What up, Canada? What up, USA? What
1: up? I was at Def Jam for a very, for a long time, like 15 years, and I left uh, Def Jam to pursue an opportunity that um, I felt was just I I, I couldn't turn it down. Uh, I was to be head of Black music at DreamWorks Records, so um, <laughs> I couldn't turn that down. I I couldn't, I couldn't. and so. Um, I did that for about five years and mr spielberg sold the company so when he sold the company i uh went back to new york as companies out in la i went back to um new york and the whole thing with the music commission in memphis came up and this is government so it's like i'm a really like record person music person industry person and find myself in the midst of government and politics so it, it was quite different for me uh but i did it for 10 years and uh, at, at the end of that, it was time for me to just let, I, I, it was time to move on. And so uh, I moved on and I wanted to focus totally on the one thing that I love, the one thing that kept me up at night, the one thing that I would do regardless of whatever. And that was NAPFM because I was half doing NAPFM and I wanted to just focus on NAPFM and I, it meant so much to me. And I felt that I was in a good position that, I still could afford a box of crackers and some cheese, so I left. And um, I put my entire focus uh, on that film, which I started when I was at Def Jam at, uh, in uh, 2000, actually, when I introduced it to the industry. So I had been doing it. It's just, you know, kind of like a, if you want to say a hobby, <laughs> a, little right. side hustle, a little side hustle or something I was doing, but it's it still meant a lot to me. I mean. I, I, I can't even express how much it meant to me because I felt that a lot of the things that I was going through, especially at Def Jam, or a lot of times just being in a situation where it was all men and no women, and I just wanted to—I was trying, always trying to figure a, figure out how to translate that. How right. do I? How do I? And and really, I lo- love telling the story. Uh, that's where the whole Miss Walker thing came from because it was like I got to make these guys. Respect me. I got to make them know. You just can't say anything. You can't call me anything. And if you call me anything, I never answer. My name is Miss Walker. If you don't call right. me Miss Walker, I don't answer. So, it's, <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of worked for me. And uh, I, that mentality, I kind of poured into the organization and just found some other ladies in the industry that were pretty much interested in the same thing. And an organization was born. So when I decided to leave my position uh, as music commissioner, at the city of memphis it was okay let's go for go for broke baby <laughs> this organization we're gonna make it work and so right. here i am
0: wow <laughs> i mean johnny that's a whole book in a half <laughs> yeah I took, you, I took you on a journey honey <laughs> oh my god i didn't i didn't know half of this stuff so i am going to dissect some of the okay. things you just saying
1: so we I mean, found a good spot in this seat here
0: <laughs> right right okay so you start off, you said in, is, it was Memphis or Mississippi? Mississippi. What, okay. So you start off in Mississippi. You keep going back. You're very persistent. You want to want to be on the radio. Did you have experience? Did you go to school for it? Like, you just was like, no, I'm going to be on the radio. How did that work?
1: Well, a little short story with that is obviously, I, I, oh, Godly. it's kind of like, you know, when you're, you're in a small town, you're married, you, you got the picket, white picket fence, and high, you're supposed to be happy. I just wasn't happy, (laughs) and uh, when I wanted to do this radio thing, and this is no opportunity, nowhere I couldn't find anywhere to do it, and there was a little uh, a company in Memphis that offered uh, voice training, and Mm -hmm. so I thought that if I took that, then maybe I could learn how to, you know perfect what i thought i wanted to do because I, I just knew i wanted to be on on radio right. and so i started taking their voice training uh, classes that they were, were offering and um i was studying for the because back then you had to have a third class radio telephone license or you couldn't work on the radio mm-hmm. and so i was studying to pass that and I think the funny thing is I would make those tapes. I would be reading from the newspaper or anything. And I was playing for my dad. And my, he would always say, oh, baby, that sounds good. I know it probably sounds horrible. But he would always say, oh, that sound, you always tell me it "Sound sounds good. Right. So it was like making those tapes over and over. And that's why the whole situation with Jim hiring me was funny because he would always say on my tapes, he would always tell me that I say something and, I, and he would say, The word is ask. Ask, you chop wood with ask. He used to say, Every time he would always, but, but you know what that did for me? It told me he was listening to the tape. Mm-hmm. Because if I hadn't listened to the tape, he wouldn't have known that I mispronounced a word or something. So he would always be able to tell me a word I didn't say correctly or something like that. And so but I just kept on. And on that day when he hired me, he said, what is different on this tape and all the rest of them you brought here? And I I said, oh, Jim, this is the one. Listen, man, I, I, I've got all those words. Every single one of them are correct. This is the tape. He just laughed. Like I said, he just hired me. I, I know he didn't listen to the tape. So it was kind of like a consistent uh, for me reading. I was so fanatic about reading. I would read a billboard. I would read it. I stop and read newspaper. I read it out loud. I would I pick up a magazine. If I pick up a magazine, I would hold it up like this. I could pretend like I'm talking to somebody and read it out loud. Right. (laughs) That was my system. So it's like it it, it, like I just learned to speak loudly and I just learned to enunciate and learn to try to talk with authority in my voice. And I'm telling you, I would read a billboard. I was going down the highway and read a billboard, just constantly reading, constantly saying words. And any of the words that Jim said, I was saying incorrectly. So you're like, now I could just probably go in and go, yo, yo, yo. Right, right. <laughs> but, but then, you know, it was a thing that, you know, you, you had to have certain inflections and things like that in your voice. Boy, oh, that. You, that was just the way it was. But that was really, my dad was the cheerleader. And he just made me feel like, move over Barbara Walters. (laughs) He just made me me feel like I could do it. And so I never, I I never thought I couldn't do it. It's just, he would always tell me whenever they tell you no, you just got to flip it. And I'm like, what you mean flip it? He said, in oh, flip it. It's on, go back. Didn't do enough to get the yes, go back. The key thing that listeners need to know is being persistent
0: on what you want and not accepting the no's. You're going to get a million no's before you get some yeses. So I love the fact that, you know, they, they kept telling you, no, no. and you just was like, okay, well, let me, let me change it. Here's another thing. There's another thing. So I love that. I even love the fact you're, you're like one of them firecrackers. Like you're not gonna open the door for me. I promise you, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my own thing. We're gonna take another pause for the calls. Listen, I am your girl Butterbee Rocker. You can find me on social media at butterby Rocker. That's B-U-T-T-A, B as in boy, R-O-C-K-A, and on Transparency Talks podcast everywhere. I Heart, Pandora, Spotify. Holla at your girl. This is Robert Carey with end of this song.
5: I never heard before, but I think it's saying, come here and get me now, and I want to give your body what it's been begging for, right here on the dance floor, yeah, girl I see you sweating cause you were
1: there's a lot of guys at Jeff <laughs> Jam. It wasn't a lot of women there. Right. So it, it is like trying to differentiate yourself and trying to command respect that I'm not saying that anybody was here to you know, disrespect me or anything like that. I don't think that was the case. It's just that the guys are accustomed to what guys are accustomed to. Right. Guys are accustomed to honey this, baby that, right. sweetheart <laughs> this. And my dad taught me those are not my names. My dad would always say you are what you answer to. Right. So if I answer to that, then that's who I am. Right. So I'm only going to, because I don't know you people. I'm from Mississippi. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all can't be calling me names and you don't even know me like that. Right. So it was like, okay, my name is Miss Johnny Walker. That's my name. And if you didn't say Miss Johnny Walker, you weren't talking to me. Or Miss Walker, you could say Miss Walker. And so it was just kind of like sticking to it. To it just kind of stuck. You, yeah. know, you know, you the guy would say, hey, "Miss Walker," I would answer. Somebody say, "Hey, honey," I y'all turn around. You may have been, ta- if I, they could have been talking to me. I don't know. I just right. would never acknowledge those words. I never acknowledge, "Honey," I never acknowledge, "Sweetie." I I just never, "Baby," oh my God, I would never acknowledge that. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I I because I just felt like I had to have. A certain posture in this company because it just was too many men there. You know, yeah. so I had to separate myself, and that was really how I separated myself. Uh, but when we started Napfim and we um, were introducing Napfim to the industry, we were uh, planning to do an event, and, and that event was in place. I mean, we had covered the cost for it and everything. But uh, what happened is there was another person. I'm trying so difficult here to go around and not call names here. <laughs> but there was a, another person that wanted to do an event at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I'm going to say that person was a little bigger than we were, you know, and more established and well-known in the industry. So they had a little bit more clout. So they, um, the, the, the people that were doing the event, came to us and wanted us to move our event or, you know, if we cancel it to pick another day or or, or something like that, which we didn't want to do. We wanted our event to stay where it was. It was poolside. That's where everybody was going to be. That's where all the industry people were going to be. So if we were going to introduce this uh, female based organization in the entertainment industry, we needed to be where everybody was. That's why we pulled our little dollars together and paid for the position, (laughs) but this other person like, Hey, I want that position. So what ended up happening is when they told us to cancel that the other person wanted it and what they, what their plans were. Right. I called my colleagues. There were six of them and I called them all and I explained to them what was happening. I said, but you know what, before we walk away, before we cancel, we're going to call one more time. And uh, I don't want anybody to say anything. I'm going to take the full blame and just we're going to go for it one more time. And so what we did, we called. So funny when I think about it, you know, like you can do conference call now and everybody's on that. Back then, I got to call you and you call somebody. (laughs) Anyway, all six of us were on the phone. And so we called the gentleman to say we um, received the information that we needed to cancel or move our event. And even though we don't like it. We accept it be if that's what it's got to be but we think it's unfair and just went into conversation and he was explaining why you know the decision that he made yakety yak so when he finished i said well okay well before we um wrap this conversation up i need to you know you need to know i'm not on the phone by myself and so i introduced everybody that was on the phone and i said all of these ladies are responsible for purchasing ads at their company they, this person bought by the ads at Sony. This person bought the ads at Arista. This person bought the ads at Jive. This person bought the ads. I was naming them all off. And I mean, they didn't say nothing other than acknowledge the fact that they were on the phone. Right. right. <laughs> so he was like, oh, God, I got six mad women. <laughs> so That's he was like, at "That." yeah, he's like, hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said, well, what does that mean? I'll fix this. I'll fix this. So basically what ended up happening is we had our event. It was poolside at the original time that we paid for. So that one incident showed me the power of solidarity, mm-hmm. showed me the power of unity, showed me how when we come together to achieve the same goal, we're working together to achieve the same goal, we can win. We can mm-hmm. win because <laughs> we, we won that, that poolside event.
0: <laughs> I think that was one of the things that really brought, drew through me to NAFM, you know, mm-hmm all of these women that are doing some amazing things, supporting one another. And right. you don't have that nowadays, you know, nowadays you have everybody's out for themselves, but not in this organization. Well, you know,
1: um, what can I say? I've, I've, I've had, we were on a clubhouse um, uh, chat the other night. And one of the questions that came up was, what was your lowest point in your career? And how did you rebound from it? <laughs> well, I had a whole bunch of those. But I think that when I think about really low, really, really low, is when you work really hard with people that you love and people you trust, and you think they love and they trust you. And you build something like an FM. And maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you missed something. Maybe you didn't cross a T or something. And instead of that person telling you you forgot to cross your T, that person says, ooh. i should just take this for myself Mm -hmm. and you gotta deal with the pain of somebody that you trusted just want to take something from you and 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 do it their way not not tell you oh you just need to cross your T so you can fix that they just decide well if the t is not crossed that means it's an open field so i might as well take it for myself right oh man i'm telling you i shed some tears over that (laughs) but like the guy asked well how did you rebound how did I, I rebounded. I, I had to really pray on it and forgive that person because mm-hmm. I felt as long as I was angry, I was never going to move forward. And I knew that we were in the right. I knew we had did what we were supposed to do. Just, hey, we made a mistake. We left something off. Right. But you can't take all of our work and just steal it because basically that's what it was. Right. And so, I mean, we prevailed. But I got to tell you, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I, I
0: can imagine. Yeah, it, it hurt. hurt. How did you come up with the name NAFM?
1: Oh wow, that well, I was trying to uh, I was trying to say we were this national organization, that, but the main thing that was very uh, important to me was two words that I've been I've thought, This organization is twenty years old, so it's been those two words that have given me the most. I don't want to call it backlash, but let's call it resistance. Let's use that word, resistance executives and black (laughs) every maybe like executives executive of what what executives it was always somebody challenging the fact that we were calling ourselves executives i felt like we were executives Mm -hmm. maybe everybody that was in the organization may not have been an executive in in their terminology Right. But in our terminology and our definition, even if this is a goal that you are pers- pursuing, because we mm-hmm. used to ha- have a level that we called young executives. So everybody was an executive mm-hmm. uh, in our organization. So we felt that if you're going to reach that plateau of Sylvia Ron, I just use that as an example, and you got to strive for it. Right. So if you're at this level, this is what you got to do to get to that level. So mm-hmm. everybody was. Uh, executives, And the other word was black. Oh, my God. It was like, OK, we know you black. You ain't got to tell us. <laughs> you don't have to put it in your name. Uh Why don't you be uh, minority women? Or why don't you be women of color? Well, that's seven more words we got to add to the name. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was, uh, no, early days, it was just challenging because then you got to deal with companies because your name, you're saying you're black women in music and entertainment. And they were very hesitant about supporting us. They were pretty hesitant about, okay, well, I don't know. Are they militant? Uh, What are they doing? Are they angry? You know, we had to deal with the angry black woman syndrome. Just a lot of things, but I like to say God delivered that name to me because I had written down so many different Things of trying to decide what the name of this organization was going to be, and when we came up with National Association of Black Female Executives in Music and Entertainment, what struck me, I said, "How people will never get all of that out." And I had, and I wrote down the letters, the acronym, mm-hmm. and those last four letters stood out, and I just said, "Oh God, this is it!" It was F E M E, Fem, because mm-hmm. we're feminine, and we have a feminine movement here. We are a national organization. We're pooling our interests together to facilitate some level of change in the industry. We're trying to uh, do whatever we can to increase our visibility, to right. increase our voice, to make sure people see us, hear us, know us. So fe- that's it. We're not feminists, and we ain't burning no bras or nothing like that. Right. But we have we 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 have something to say. We have uh, it's a level of equality that we're looking for that that we felt we didn't have. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
1: it's like out there trying to figure out how we're going to get our unequal fair share. (laughs) So when we when I saw those last four letters, F-E-M-E, I knew that was the name. That's Mm -hmm. it. That is it. So this organization is NAB FEM. We put that interest on the Fem. And it's the National Association of Black Female Executives in Music and Entertainment. Taking another pause for the
0: calls. This is Kelsey Nicole with Love You Up. It don't really matter too much to
3: me. Really Your money, the fame, I just want you here with me. So you want me to woman, I never want this feeling to go. I don't ever want it to give.
0: goal of
1: NAPFM? Our ultimate goal is to reach as many women as we possibly can. That uh, Our mission has really, our mission that we had in 2000 is the mission that we have today. We want to raise the awareness increase the profile of women of color in music and entertainment. We want to educate, we want to inspire, we want to empower. If we can get those three things done, mm-hmm. I'm happy. I feel like this organization reached its goal. If we can get that same level of solidarity, that I achieved that day on trying to secure that (laughs) poolside event, Mm -hmm. then we have won. And I see it every day. I realize that everybody can't do everything. You know, you girls in Atlanta, y'all, y'all busy. (laughs) Yeah. Y'all are like a very strong unit. Well, we may not have that same level of, Intuitiveness and sticking together and coming out to make it happen and say, I'll pick an area, Las Vegas. See, we're just starting there. So each market stands on its own legs and each mm-hmm. market, you know, is different. Some markets are stronger than others. Mm-hmm. But what inspires me daily is the effort. What If, 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 if we're not, when they'll look at what you guys are doing in Atlanta and say, OK, well, we want to do that. We want to do the same thing they did. So it's that that desire to achieve and achieve the greater goal that keeps me going. So inspire, educate, and empower. And in that, we raise the profile, Mm increase the awareness of black women in music and entertainment.
0: Okay. Okay. I mean how can people join NAFM?
1: Oh, real easy napfim.org Click membership. When you click membership, you'll see membership application. C- click that. Form is going to come up. We have several options there. Um, as you know, for the past, really, almost two years, but we were celebrating our 20th anniversary. We were planning... Back back it up. We were planning to celebrate our 20th anniversary. That would have been last year. Um, COVID happened. We didn't get a chance to execute the plan that we had in mind mm-hmm. one of the things that we did and we dropped our membership dues are 100 dollars. we dropped our membership dues down to 20 dollars, and that was in recognition of the 20 networks the 20 leaders mm-hmm. and the 20 years that we've been in this empowerment battle and uh we dropped the membership dues down to twenty dollars. I mean, I, I think it was very effective. I mean, we brought a lot, a lot of people that hadn't been with us for a while came back. So it's really was it was a great movement. Uh, but you know, we're in twenty twenty one now, and we had to change uh, the 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 membership dues back. But what we didn't do, we didn't take it back to hundred dollars. So for everybody listening, and wondering, say, mm, so what are the dues now? <laughs> what, we do, what we're what we doing now, we're recognizing the 20 years, actually 21 years now, but we're going to stay on 20, easy marketing. We, we're going to stay on the, the, we're recognizing the 20 networks, the 20 leaders and the 20 plus years that uh, we've been in this empowerment um, uh, um, um, education uh, situation uh, with NABFEM and mm-hmm. we're knocking 20% off that $100. So it's less $20 still recognizing the 20. So mm-hmm. the annual membership dues are now $80. Uh, you can $80. Uh, it's if you want to, uh, we love it. If you want to do recurring payments, just give us your credit card and you don't, we don't have to bother you for you to renew your dues. It's right there. But we also understand COVID um, has impacted like a lot of people impacted myself, impacted the organization. So we have a monthly uh, membership fees, $10. So you, you come on board at $10, mm-hmm. and thats I mean, the thing is, you just have to renew every month, but it's $10. So mm-hmm. if $10 uh, is not a deterrent for you, and you want to try us out and just want to come and see what we're doing and kind of get on board. Uh, and you can change from the $10 membership at any time. So it's completely very easy. And then we have our other, our two-year level um, where you can just join for two years or three, a bundle. We have a bundle where you join for two years and one year is free. Uh, so, but it's real easy. Just go to our website, napfim.org, and click membership and everything that I just uh, described is right there. And, 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 and you know, the, the sisterhood, I believe, is, is just is so important. And for anybody out there, you need an organization like this. If you see us and you don't like us, I respect that. But let me tell you, whether you believe it or not, you need promotion and advertising. People need to know who you are. People need to know what you do. When you're inside an organization like this, you have an opportunity to lead. You have an opportunity to take the drive. You can be at the driver's. You can be sitting in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And so whether it is an event, whether you're speaking on a panel, whether it's just you speaking, whether you got a book, whether you got a song, whether whatever you have, you have an inner circle to start with right here. You have your own profile page. Just like you got your profile page on Facebook, you got a profile page with us. One of the big, biggest challenges we have is people want to put their picture there. So we are constantly calling people saying, put, put, put your picture there. Tell us what you do. Are you a singer, your songwriter, your author, your uh, a dancer, your whatever? Put it put it there. So if someone is, I'm in Atlanta and I'm looking for a singer, well, they could go to the search in the in our website there go to the search put singer in or put atlanta in and find and i'm not gonna find a plethora of them there <laughs> but uh it's 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 just a great way to promote and market yourself networking networking i always call networking this another form of advertising it's like it's like when when you've got a, a network It's like, say, for instance, you got a string. Just pretend you got a string. But that string is easy to break. But if you take five or six pieces of string and wrap them together, it becomes a little hard to break. So what your network is, it's a group of people that's all wrapped together doing the same thing, trying to achieve the same goal. It makes it a little bit difficult uh, to break. So it's, you know, like our job bank. We post jobs. We get our jobs from um, CBS, Viacom. We get jobs from we get jobs from Facebook. How about that? We get jobs from HBO. I mean, and, you know, we get sometimes people uh, call me and they'll say, you know, the jobs you're putting up there. I don't qualify for the How you know? Did you try? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't qualify for many of the jobs that I have. But, you know, you you. I learned a word from a young lady, uh, her name is uh, Jackie Reinhardt, and anybody that know me will know this young lady. Uh, we were talking one day and she was saying one of the things that, you know, our sisters have to understand is two words. Those two words are called skills transfer. I will never forget that. How do you transfer your skills into another industry? Mm-hmm. How do you transfer your skills into something else, you know, just, just do one thing. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I talk to a lot of sisters about when they call and say, Well, I saw this job, but I don't think that I qualify for it or I can't do it. Well, you, if you, as long as you believe you can't do it, Mm -hmm. uh, you can't. Right. You, if you believe you can't do it, sometimes you just got to try. Sometimes, and there's no disrespect to anyone, no disrespect. Sometimes employee don't know what he He wants. Yeah. he put the job up there. He done went to some book, book the job description. We need, that's really not what he wants You know, you, but you got to go in there. I, when I I was a copywriter for a radio station, never went to any advertising school, never studied copyright, and never. I'm going to tell you what made me go into that. I wanted to do copywriting because I could work in the daytime so I could be at home with my kid at night because my situation had me working at night. And I needed to be at home at night. And so I applied for this job of copywriting. And I was getting ready to go. And this is a true story. I was getting ready to go to the a general manager's office to ask him had he made a decision. Mm-hmm. And as I got there, there was another gentleman in his office. And he was saying, he was telling him that he was considering me. And he was, I can't believe you're considering her. She doesn't have any background in advertising. She doesn't know anything about copywriting. Uh, the copywriting, that's how we speak to our advertisers, our advertisers speak to our listeners to sell product. He doesn't have any background in that. And so he was just saying, well, I'm just thinking about it like that. And I heard that and I ran back to my space and I waited until that guy came out of there. When he came out, I went right back, knock on the door. Can I come in? He told me, yeah, I can come in. And I said, I'm really interested in that copywriting job. And he said, well, you know, we're, you know, we're interviewing, we're talking to quite a few people. I said, yeah, but while you're talking to those people, you don't have anybody writing copy for you, do you? He said, no. I said, well, I'll do it for free. <laughs> he looked at me he said, well, I said, I'll do it. I said, I will do it for two weeks for free. You don't owe me anything. If I'm not the best copywriter you ever had, what have you lost? You haven't lost anything. I'm not leaving my position. I'm going to do that. Oh, he said, so you're going to do both jobs. I'm going to do both jobs. And I will do the copywriting for free. But you two weeks. If I'm not the best you've ever had, mm-hmm. you haven't lost anything. Right. The first thing I did, I knew that copywriting was very important to the salespeople. <laughs> they got to sell those ads. So I developed my relationships right there with them to understand what they wanted. And one of the things that the um, advertisers liked about me was I could write conversationally. And I could write conversationally. And made it easy for the announcers to voice my copy mm-hmm. oh they fell in love with me so in two weeks everybody was like i want johnny to write my copy i want johnny to write my copy so it was like two weeks when i went in i was like he was like hey if i don't give you this job every announcer and salesperson in here they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna beat me up yeah. so i had the announcers i had the salespeople all in my corner saying Man, nobody writes copy like her. And so I was a copywriter for like three years at a radio station simply because that guy said I couldn't do it. He was in there telling that guy I was not the one. I'm like, you don't know me. You don't know nothing about me. And let me be honest, because I know this is live. I want to be honest. I knew nothing about copywriting. When that man told me he would let me do that job (laughs) for two weeks, I went straight to the library. I (laughs) I, I Honestly... My goal was to work during the day so I could be at home at night with my, my kid. That that was my goal. But I knew I had to master that. I had two weeks to at least master it to the point where he felt I was the right person for the job. Yeah. And I knew that the salespeople <laughs> was the key to keeping that job. So, you know, so I just tell people all the time, never say you can't do something. You, If you believe you can't, you can't. You really right. can't. Right. Right. Well,
0: Miss Johnny Walker, can you tell everybody how they can reach you? And I would love to have you come back.
1: Oh, first of all, I would love to come back. I uh, appreciate you having me here this evening. Uh, you can reach me at uh, nabfem@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can reach me on Instagram at nabfemprez, and that's spelled with a Z, N-A-B-F-E-M-E-P-R-E-Z, and everywhere else, I miss Johnny Walker. So Absolutely.
0: everybody out there, we'll talk to you guys later. This is Chavis Flagg with Broken Dreams. I'm slowly turning
6: back to the person I used to be. And I'm trying to stay on track, but I'm defeated by broken dreams, yeah. My mama always told me I can be who I want to be So nobody can hold me Nobody can hold me They won't hold me back now Well it gets harder every day The world wants me to change and be conformed to broken dreams. But nobody told me that the road would be easy and I know. Well it gets harder every day. Oh yes, it does. And the world wants me to change to reality, but nobody told me that the road would be easy, and I know,
0: yes, I know. Thanks again to our sponsors at Secrete. Visit them today at buysecrete.com.